0: Hello, and welcome to a new edition of the Bizarre Junkies podcast. I'm going to be calling this the Bizarre Junkies Deep Dive. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is a deep dive? Well, for those of you who have found me through YouTube, I actually upload long-form content. I like to do deep dives on specific topics. So, for example, for today's episode, I do a deep dive on exorcisms. Now, these are full-length videos. You could see them as video essays, documentaries, uh, or just creepy stories to hear. But either way, I wanted to bring this content and provide more value to those of you who listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So feel free to just listen or you can watch this on Spotify. There is a video component. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode on exorcisms. Anna and Joseph Mikkel sit in a prison cell. In the cell with them is a priest. They have all been charged with negligent homicide of Annalise McKell, But wait a minute. Why were they charged in the first place? Well, the answer I have found is simple yet also pretty complicated. On one hand, the religious community is absolutely dead set that these exorcisms are clear proof that their religious faith is real and that demons are a resulting factor of them practicing their faith. On the other hand, It could be seen as undiagnosed mental illness, linked with having been deprived from proper medicine and medical practice. Whether it is demons or not, the entire aspect of an exorcism is absolutely terrifying. Let's go ahead and take a look at the timeline of when and how an exorcism is performed. The alleged victim begins to display bizarre characteristics, such as a change in personality, violent unusual movements, shrieking, groaning, and uttering disconnected or flat-out strange speech. Oftentimes, this person is described as having a sort of spiritual transgression. Once the individual is thought to be fully possessed by demonic spirits, An appointment is requested with the local parish priest. Most of the times, however, this is usually a Catholic priest. Once the appointment has been made, the priest will then visit with the afflicted individual. If they deem it necessary to perform an exorcism, they will then be given over to a designated exorcism team. The team will then determine what the next appropriate steps are. In older examples, though, it was often the local priest who would perform the ritual. Once a ritual is deemed necessary, it begins. The priest will first arrive to the designated exorcism ritual area. This is most often the house or the bedroom of the afflicted individual. A relative or person associated with the afflicted individual must be present with the priest during the entirety of the ritual. The priest will first begin with a prayer for God to bless them during the ritual. I mean, after all, they will need all the help that they can get. Once the initial prayer is done, the priest will ask the afflicting demon for their spirit name. It is often even more terrifying to hear the demon call out one of these names Satan, Beelzebub, Lucifer, Asmodeus. The priest will go throughout the ritual citing several pieces of scriptures and various prayers. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend defend us us in battle. battle. Be Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits, who prowl about the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Some exorcism rituals can take literal days to be completed by the priest. This can cause severe exhaustion and even malnourishment for everyone that is involved in the ritual. Simply put, everybody is strenuously trying to expel this demon out of the person. So why do we still feel so compelled in pop culture about exorcisms? Well, despite there being countless movies being made about the rituals and even dramatized depictions, we're still hungry for more of it. At the root of these rituals is pure spectacle. The priests attempt to perform an unimaginable task against a seemingly godlike enemy. The odds are stacked against them to save the afflicted, but yet many exorcisms have been reported to be successful. After diving deeper into this, I keep asking myself how many of these were true demonic possessions and how many were just parents not understanding their children. So I dug even deeper. During my research, I found that in religious societies, everyone is expected to be on their best behavior with both their morals and their actions. If even one little thing begins to stray from those norms, panic sets in. No one, and I mean no one, wants to be perceived as strange or different in the church. This ultimately culminates into the parents of these individuals doing anything they can to suppress these behaviors. A lot of the times it's just kids and teenagers being themselves. But all too often, demonic possession is the quick blame. So let's circle back to Annalise McKellar. She was a German woman who underwent 67. Catholic exorcisms during the year before her death in 1976. But she was raised in a very religious household, she attended mass twice a week, and was a very reserved woman. So what started this all? Well, when she was just 16 years old, she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. She began seeing devil faces at various times throughout the day. But when she reported this to her doctor, though, all they did was prescribe her a much more aggressive medication this medication usually being used to treat schizophrenia. By 1973, she became extremely depressed and even began to hallucinate when she would pray. Now, of course, this is not normal, so everybody began to see her as strange. And as we cited before, nobody in the church wants to be strange. Her family and community was immediately convinced that she was experiencing a demonic possession. After much back and forth, an exorcism was finally approved and ordered for Annalise McKell. And upon being examined by the priest, He claimed that Mikkel did not look like an epileptic. The priest responsible for all of this, Ernst Alt. A total of 67 exorcism sessions were performed, with one to two each week lasting up to four hours. This was all performed in the span of 10 months. During this entire time, Annalise was kept in a state of almost complete starvation. Let's go ahead and take a listen to what some of these sessions sounded like. Das sage ich Ihnen nicht. Im Namen Nein! Du. Nein! Ja, das scheint doch ohne dich! Ja, das ist von oh mach aus! Alter, durch was die Dumpfstrahlen, die, ist, 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 ist. nicht... aus Das ist ist... Ah, der, 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 der das ganze Deutschland fesselt, oder? Toward the end of her life, Mikkel began to think she was a martyr, due to those around her feeding into this religious experience. She started refusing food toward the end of her life. Annalise ultimately died in 1976 and the autopsy results state that she died due to malnutrition and dehydration. She was only 23 years old. Annalise was not the first nor the last person to die from exorcism rituals, though. Just last year, a three-year-old girl was killed during an exorcism in a Northern Californian church. Her death was ruled as a homicide caused by asphyxiation. Throughout all of time, though, exorcisms have always possessed horrors to both the imagination and to the well-being of everyone involved. May these last two examples serve as a caution that we shouldn't interfere with the divine. Regardless of faith, the true horrors of an exorcism are very real and are still present today. From young children to otherwise healthy individuals, something truly horrific is taking place under the surface. There is no end in sight for exorcism rituals. And yet, as I continue to investigate, I am curious to see how much more intense these rituals get. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Bizarre Junkies Deep Dive series. If you enjoyed it, please rate the podcast, share with your friends, and reach out to us and let us know what you like. We have merch for sale. We also have a Discord channel that you can join. The link is in the show notes. You can join and talk with other people who are like-minded, who like to talk about all of these kinds of things. And you can even possibly suggest some show topics there as well. Until next time, everybody, stay bizarre.